Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com. I am Mackie from the UK, and joining us this week, we have Marge. That's right. Always trying to bring the professionalism, not always bringing it, though. Host of Bite Me the Show About Edibles, coming from Central Canada, and I have an article out in Fat Nugs magazine. You should read it. Thanks. Nice. What was the article about, Marge? It, well, it was a music. It was a music-themed uh, edition of Fat Nugs magazine. So it was about pairing your favorite edibles with music. And there was also an infused hot toddy recipe in there too. Nice. Good yeah. shit, man. I like it. Mm. Drop us a link and we'll show it on the forum or something if you have it. Yeah, that'd be cool. It. Yeah. And then we, we of course, have Monkey Do. What's up, Monkey? Not much, man. Monkey down here in the Southeast US just hanging out on a Sunday. Uh, now I have to go check out this article here, figure out what Marge is recommending as far as edibles go, you know? Mm-hmm. And of course, don't forget to check out Marge's podcast, Bite Me to Show About Edibles, and find out what she knows about edibles there, too. And get super high. Uh, and, then we, <laughs> and then we have Marco who's come to join us, the special guest for today's Grow Guides, everybody. We have Marco, the grand champion, cannabis grower, award winner. What's up, Marco? You good? What's up, family? I'm doing good. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm in the house. Can't wait to talk a little bit of raised beds with y'all. Nice. Yeah, man, if there's anybody who knows this stuff, because I, I unfortunately don't grow in a raised bed and neither does Monkey. Much do you sometimes when you grow outdoors, do you do raised bed or? No, I have not. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So you're the guy who knows this. You know, yeah. you live this. I'm this is your on method you, of growing. Yeah. It's all you all from right. it's all you from here, bro. We just got to mute our mics and let you do your thing. That's See you right. in a bit. Okay, Marco, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you Bye. know me. <laughs> no, we're not really. Time. You know, I'm, like for half a second, he believed us. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, oh no. God. Oh, God. I, <laughs> I got into it. Sweet. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be a good one, man. Yeah, loads of knowledge from Marco. So, and if you have any questions as well, everybody, if you're here live joining us on YouTube, don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe. And if you have any questions throughout the show, make sure you put a cue before them in the chat so we know those questions are for us. So we will have less chance of missing them. But uh, See, we have. I like that. I'm learning from you guys. Put the cue before the question. I love it. We're, we're professional, Marco. I but see, professional as fuck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we try. It's just easier to spot them like that. Right. Uh, it's just we get trolled by this one particular person, Billy Buns, and he asks stupid questions. We're well, not stupid questions, just questions that is it's not the right forum to be asking that kind of question. You know, he gets a bit uh, 18 plus in the different way, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of the questions involve his socks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, a lot of questions that involve socks. That's right. Crunchy yeah. socks, man. That, that's a valid question for some forum. It sounds like an indie band name as well, <laughs> doesn't it? You know, crunchy, crunchy socks. socks. <laughs> they could be out there with pathological yeah. sloth. Yeah, yeah man. We got another band name out there for you all, everybody. Crunchy, crunchy socks. socks. Crunchy socks. Nice. So you yeah, were going to hit up the grow guides. We're going to be talking specifically this week about growing cannabis in raised beds, which is a great way to grow either indoors or outdoors. And Marco's going to explain all that to us. And we have some list of mail questions that were sent in by some of you guys as well. So we'll cover them towards the end of the show as well. 
But with that, I think it is time to move on to the grow guides and start getting into the juice of it. Are we all ready? Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. Ready. Let's do it. So pretty simply, a raised bed is going to be a huge pot essentially, which you're going to build yourself most likely, but it's going to have uh, like 200 liters of soil in at least. We'll get into all that kinds of stuff, but you're going to plant multiple plants into this one big container that holds a lot of soil. And from there, you're going to have loads of plants growing in it. And it's not just going to be a single part for each plant. It's a nice way to grow, but it can be complicated too. I find because it's just, uh, it can be a little bit, troublesome if you're growing in an illegal place i've never done it because uh, sorry mark i'll explain this to you see I, i've never done the whole raised bed thing because it it can't be moved easily so if they call up and they're like oh we need to come and do an electricity inspection of your house to make sure the sockets ain't gonna sound fire and you have to let the guys in and they have to inspect the place and it's pretty much the law here so you can't have a raised bed you know try moving that you know, like, okay, yeah, give me I give me you. three days in a JCB, you know. <laughs> It'll be like, they're coming tomorrow. And you're like, mm-hmm. there's no physical way I can move all this soil. That's know, right, man. You knew they were coming. I yeah. feel you on that. But um, yeah, for me, like the raised beds, especially indoor, they've gotten bigger as we've gotten more legal. You know what I mean? For some of the mm-hmm. same reasons, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I was always a... Um, kind of a five gallon pot guy for a long time. Um, and then just wanting to um, expand and increase the volume of soil because more soil, more nutrient cycling, bigger plants, healthier plants is kind of the initial mindset of the larger beds and soil volumes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the microbial life as well. You know, it's, it's like a big exactly. city for the microbes, you know? Exactly. So yeah, mm. more soil, more microbes, everything. And that's all that part of that nutrient cycling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which you don't get as much of that in a five gallon, you know, you get, mm. you can get a little, you know, but a five gallon is always going to be dependent on, you know, you adding something to get the plants to finish for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, I recommend, I like at least a 30 gallon, like you don't have to get huge, you know, with it, you know, 30 gallon, what's that? 112 liters yeah, or whatever. About 120, maybe. Yeah. 120 liters or so. Um, so something like that, I'd say is, you know, the minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're gonna go that full living soil now. Yeah. You know, so it's but this since we're talking raised beds, you know, the bigger to me, the larger volume of soil, the better. Now the depth isn't always as critical, even though like some of the big fabric pot companies they sell like a depth of like you know 18 inches or whatever it is mm-hmm. um you know cannabis can do all right at a little bit shallower depths as long as you got some wide um you know your beds mm-hmm. are a little wider so there's a little bit of different ways to kind of work through that you know it's mm-hmm. more about the volume of soil um more so than the depth yeah know, in a way so what are the advantages then because because you're going to have to build this thing, fill it with a lot of soil. So in order to do this, what you know, why do people do this? What is the benefits of growing in a raised bed? Yeah, for me, the main benefits are, especially indoor, and this is, you can say for outdoor too, but we're mostly going to be talking indoor because I think that's what most of us are on. Um, but so if you're going indoor now, larger soil volume, more forgiving, 
um, meaning it will buffer that soil will buffer um, when you put inputs, if you, you know, you don't have to manage exactly what you're putting in because there's so much soil volume, the microbial action pretty much buffers that. So I like that part of it. Um, I like the part that I can leave, you know, I left for five days, you know, before I left, I watered my living soils heavily and went away five days, come back, plants growing massive, you know, no, no dry plants, nothing leaning, nothing hanging down. So you get that it's a forgiving system. Mm -hmm. um, so it's worth putting in that effort. Um, for me, plants are stronger, bigger also because, um, you know, we're kind of going into that horizontal aspect is kind of how I like to build my raised beds. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that's right. The whole horizontal soil thing that you do as well. You want to quickly explain that. Well, let's, let's quickly cover first off. Um, how would you go about building the bed? You know, like the actual bed itself without the soil in it. I've seen there's some companies that sell the you know, like raised beds, but made out of cloth now with the poles to hold them up. Have you seen those? Yeah, yeah, they have like this uh, PVC poles kind of supporting mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, yeah, those are kind of standard. Yeah, um, are they good? Would you recommend those? Yeah, those have and there's different brands, so I'm not going to recommend one brand in, in you know particular. But yeah, I like those living soil beds, which mm -hmm. and a lot of them have a plastic a liner. Yeah, um, on the inside, which is kind of they say to keep the moisture in, and that is true. So yeah, I like those type beds, and I like the ones that have a line, a plastic liner, but that breather strip on the bottom four inches. So I look for that. Right. Um. Always, uh, you know, look for like start looking for your um your tray early, like some like depending on what your setup is. I always try to get a tray that's going to fit. Um, because you, you can't just have this stuff like draining on the floor. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You want these beds in a tray, even if you have to get thick poly plastic to, to wrap the bottom, you right. got to get something like a coaster to keep that in. So keep that in mind when you're building it. And then um, the weight isn't too bad. You know, you, obviously for any home, you know what I mean? These beds are not going to be something that's going to be, you know, out of you know spec for the house are going to worry about breaking your ceiling down now if you try to fill up the whole second floor you know with heavy right. soil beds that's a whole different thing but using mm -hmm. common sense um there's no issues there if i'm if i have just if i'm going to purpose build a room and just go say i want to build one of these beds i'd like to do a three foot by three foot which is you know a meter meter square whatever mm -hmm. um Kind of that that gives me enough, you know, around that, um, you know, almost a, close to a yard of soil, if you will. Right. Um, that's a lot that, that can support a lot of plants that three by three can support for mine. I support a canopy, which is twice that size. So my canopy is basically, you know, four foot by six foot or five, excuse me, five foot by six foot um uh -huh. canopy size so the small these soils they can support a lot of canopy so kind of build it with that in mind um and yeah that you know thinking like that mackie but the way to build it is you i like to build my own soil so find a good soil recipe like even the best bag soil you're gonna buy for me it can be better you know it's not gonna necessarily mm. take you all the way through a grow water only so I recommend, I like a Clackamas Coots. It's a three-part mix. Yep. Um, 
whereas his mix will be um like a third um earthworm castings one third um I believe it was rice holes and then one third um uh peat mm-hmm. i'm i might it's been a long time since i made coots mix but the similar that's three um parts to it i use usually like imo was one of my parts and then my soil that i build is another part and then i like the rice hulls too for good aeration so you have to kind of feel find your own soil mix i'm not going to give you that but when you build this thing you're going to think like horizons and the way i had a had a good way of thinking about it i was taking a trip with the wife we were going through the mountains and you know how they cut roads through the mountains so you look up on either side and you always see like trees starting to grow where you know it just looks like rock you know what i mean like kind of where you know the what happens is on top of a flat rock, you know, you get a little bit of gravel, the rock's broken. Now you get a seed land in there. Roots get a little place to take hold. Now you got organic material dropping, tree grows, plant grows. And it becomes a cycle where the the roots, the rock, the organic material start creating its own soil, right? And if you a road that's been cut through many many years ago there'll be places where there's big trees growing up there you know if it's kind of a road that just was cut through you'll see just smaller trees where that process is getting started and so i try to keep that in mind like with horizontal we want our first layer on the bottom to be broken up rock you know thinking the broken bedrock um is layer one and then kind of filling that in i use instead of using bedrock which is very heavy we like to use lava rock or pumice which is very light. So we save on weight right there. And then, so that layer is about four inches. When you add the coarser, you know, gravels and and, and pumice and lava rock on that bottom layer, now you want to go start filling it in with smaller pebbles, fill that in and then go to sand. And that becomes a sand filter inside of your, inside of your bed or your, um, or your uh, bag. Mm-hmm. And what that does is when you're watering from above, that sand gravel filter filters out the organic particles so that when your water runs out, the organic particles stay in there. And that becomes a, a zone of very you know rich nutrient mm-hmm. activity and root activity, right? On top of that sand layer, I'm going to put my typical soil. That soil I just said, but build a coots mix, your soil, your soil, the soil you like, the soil that you've amended and you know, okay, this will go and, and run, you know, it's good for cannabis. This will, you know, get me going. So that's that that'll be your next layer. That'll be about eight inches. The bottom layer was about four. This next layer will be, you know, six to eight inches. This is the meat and potatoes of your grow, of your soil. You know, this is the soil you could grow in if you weren't doing any of this horizontal stuff. You feel me? <laughs> so and then from there. You know, six to eight inches, you put that on top of that sand layer. Now, this is your A horizon. It doesn't really stand for anything. That first horizon was E, meaning alluvial, stands for alluvial layer of stone, where stone breaks up, where bedrock breaks up in the the earth, alluvial. That's your E horizon. Second layer is your main meat and potatoes. That's just your A horizon. And then on top of that, we'll have a shorter uh, four-inch horizon, which will be organic. And that'll be if you picture in the forest when the leaves drop every year in that area of mm-hmm. zone on top of the soil, organic material dropping, microbial action in there, breaking that down. That mulch layer is where I control my bed. Like that's where I add things to this system is in that O layer because that four inch layer 
which for me would be like say a alfalfa straw or um IMO or leaf mold or any combination of those for that O layer. Um that breaks down within one growth cycle. Like at the end of an eight week cycle, that four inches is now pretty much you can't determine where it is anymore. You could just dust it off and it's just like, you know, soil. Um, so that's where each each round after I flower, I come back in high nitrogen O layer. Boom, that emulates the chop and drop, leaves drop, nutrient cycling. And that's key to the whole system to me is that kind of that newt that you know all those parts come together but that o horizon is really crucial and for me the longevity of the soil that where i nice. just keep going water only you have worms in there too yeah and then sometimes i'll purposely put worms in my soils mm -hmm. sometimes i'll just only put in the soil that i'm building from outdoors and the worms kind of get a ride in there with them but either right. way yeah all the soils do end up um, having worms in there uh, usually like composting worms, like red wigglers, what we have here. What kind of wood do you use when, because, uh, you know, to actually build the raised bed, you've got yours three foot by three foot. So it's going to be three foot across and three foot back, you know? Uh, yeah. And, and then you say three foot high as well. How high is it? Yeah. So for the height, because we're only going for that, um, that four inches and then that six to eight. So that's 12 and then another four um right so you're talking you know 16 18 inches mm -hmm. um and that's where i was saying you can get away with a thinner a horizon you know that meat and potatoes mm -hmm. um portion of your soil where all the work happens where all the action is going on you can get away with that making that a little shorter um but in general you know the more you got going on on there that's the stomach for your soil and that's just really gonna benefit your plants so for, as far as building them um you can use the pvc style where they build it you know it's already a kit um mm -hmm. and then you just find the proper trade to work it what i what i like to do is um I, I i build them all different ways but you can take um basically just any kind of wood uh, uh mackie treated wood will be fine you don't have to do treated because what i'll do is take like pool or pond liner like you can get that mm -hmm. from your your local you know nursery shop or whatever, and then I'll just build a wood box and then use that pond liner to um to make my tray, if you will, mm -hmm. like a short tray, and then now I can just put build that to any size bag that I may come across on a deal or whatever I may be using. Like I found this one that's two thirty gallons. They're all sewn together, but it's like a two round thirty gallons sewn together in a rectangle bag is this some oddball thing that was on sale and i picked it up so i just built my a box to fit it you know what i mean and then now mm -hmm. i'm watertight so i can water this thing to fuck as much as i want i'll see it oh shit it's just filling up in the bottom i could actually suck some out if i really wanted to but what that does is more forgiving because a lot of times with these beds the biggest problem people have is they think they're watering well and they're not and mm. it stems from when you build that soil. You know how when you first build your soil, it's evenly wet. You did all your thing. It's just so nice and moist. You grab a handful out of there. It's all perfectly evenly moist. Well, then when, when you put it in these larger beds, you got to make sure you're hitting those corners. You're watering it all the way out to the corners equally. And you got to water it often enough because sometimes like with a, 
a typical pot, you might water every three, four days. Well, with these living soils, when they're really drinking a lot of, you know, the plants are really respiring and pulling a lot of moisture out of them. Sometimes it's better to water a little bit every day, like just mm. water only, just to keep that water, just to keep it, you know, moist and hydrated. And if you do that, you could really support a lot of, um, you know, biomass growing out of these um, beds. Mm-hmm. Man, it sounds so cool. Uh, it's it's my favorite way of growing, bro. I've never done it. One day I, I can dream, right? <laughs> yeah, so you've man. got to leave space. Uh, you know, so you've built this wooden thing or you've got and bought the the shape of one. Whatever size your grow tent, and say if you've got, uh, for example, we're talking about a one meter by one meter grow tent. So you've got three foot by three foot, which is about 90 centimeters. So there's a little gap between the two edge, between the edge of the actual raised bed and the tent or the grow room, right? right? Is there a specific amount of space you should leave? Do you have to get around it sometimes or something? What I do, man, is I make sure um, <clears throat> it depends. Like if I'm doing just the bed, it depends on the space. If I got open concept, obviously you can get all around. But if you're just mm -hmm. doing tent style or just building a little purpose-built little room, then I just make sure I can reach, I can access both sides. If it's like, Say if it's a square, I got to at least be able to get to three sides. Because I got to be able to access the back, at least reach in there. I'm not worrying about the floor space inside because remember, my canopy is bigger than that bed usually. Um, like in the three by three, the canopy is six mm -hmm. foot by you know um, five foot by six foot, so it's even right. you know bigger yeah. than the footprint uh -huh. on the floor. So really, you could fill that on up with soil. You know what I mean? If you wanted to, but the point being, a smaller bed a three by three can handle twice that canopy so that's one way you can kind of keep things smaller and, and cost down when you're starting out too what happens with bugs in this situation if you get bugs how do you control a bug infestation in living soil yeah, in a raised bed like because it's a massive pot essentially you know yeah, so how can you control pot. bugs yeah yeah massive pot and the biggest thing with these setups is when you first set them up for whatever reason, for whatever, wherever you may harvest your ingredients, the biggest thing with living soil or organics or that kind of thing is going to be your fungus gnats. People, a lot of people mm -hmm. say they have issues with that. And that is true. And so what I do is when I build my soil, that A horizon, and when I'm building that O horizon, um, I'm we've just put in a forethought and go ahead and get some um, BTI, which is basically mosquito dunks. Um, have right. those soaking in water and mm -hmm. now when i'm watering my soil to moisten it i'm watering in that bti so then now that is kind of a limit that goes right hand in hand with any chance of a um, fungus gnat bloom coming up mm -hmm. once nice. you get the fungus gnats and that you get through that little bloom if you even have one um then things start really getting into balance um, and that's where you don't really have any issues with pests and bugs, um, you know, and as far as things, for the most part, I don't have issues with things wanting to come out of the bed, you know, sometimes you get some wood louse in your, the way you, depending on how you build your soil, you might have wood louse in there or, or isopods, mm -hmm. uh, roly polies, uh, that kind of thing in there. And, um, and the soil is where they want to be you know that's where they're eating that's where they're living that's where they're spending their time so really to come out onto this fabric uh bed and walking around on that that's not really an environment they 
prefer. So I don't have an issue, you know, really with stuff coming out um in you know the grow room like that. Mm-hmm. Nice man. Yeah, so, but it's pretty chill, man. It's like it's it's really forgiving, you know, like I said, it's and like you just get that that expression, like your plant gives you the full expression of itself. And and one good example is I had a buddy that um you know, I got some genetics from and and he's a pretty good grower, you know, he's a good grower. And so uh, these were um these genetics had some caps frozen lemons in them. And right. So I hit I grew some I grew them out. I think I grew 8 of them out in my living soil. And out of that 8, uh, I had like half and half like four were really lemony and four were not and i hit him up and i was like yeah man i got four lemon i was really excited because they were very lemony i was like he's like what man i he said everyone i grow had was lemon you know and so this is a guy that i trust it ain't he wasn't just bullshitting me he was just telling me straight up like yeah man everyone i grew was lemon i didn't have a non-lemon pheno and so talking mm. about it with people uh, more than one person said the living soil actually let that plant express itself to the point where it was it gave you more than the lemon mm. yeah, if that makes sense and when he broke it down that way it was like one of those chill bump moments it was like damn yeah man like, damn that's crazy so so much expression that it was able to go outside of its of itself and be more than than the lemon even though that wasn't preferred but that was an example of it and i think that's the thing where, you know, to me, grow a plant this way and then grow it living soil and see the difference. I've noticed differences even within my own living soil doing the same cut in a different bed. I get totally mm. different characteristics. So it's pretty wild, man. Do you think you could do the same kind of thing with hydro? I mean, I think there is a grow method like that. It's like ebb and flow where you get a massive pot like a hot tub uh, and just fill that with the reservoir and then put plants above that. Can you, is that the same as raised bed, but being a hydroponic raised bed? Yeah. Cause I've done the, I've the old ebb and flow, but mm-hmm. what I would say, what the, my next thing that I want to do Mackie. So if you picture our gravel, right. And our sand and same horizon, what we like we're doing, but mm-hmm. now what I'm going to do is I want to have this bed longer at a tilt. And then, like you said, I want to have mm-hmm. water flowing under it through the uh, the E horizon. Right. Yeah. Same soil up above, same everything up above. But now it's almost like these roots are going down and tapping into a, um, a, a mm-hmm. underground stream. Nice. And yeah. That underground stream, That's yeah, genius, that, bro. Shit. But see, and then that's tied to the fish. So I want that water to be dirty fish water <laughs> that's running up under there. <laughs> so nice. Yeah, that's fucking that take, sounds take good, man. Let yeah. the roots go all the way through. How long is it going to take for the roots to get through then? Do you see that happen already in your raised beds? Do the plants roots reach the bottom and start sticking out the bottom of the raised bed? Yeah, that's a great question because in that one bed I was describing earlier, which was a two 30 gallons sewn together in the rectangle thing. So if you picture two circles inside a rectangle, right, there's these little pockets where they kind of in where the two where they meet. Uh I didn't put anything Mm -hmm. in those pockets so that I could see down there. And I see, yeah, the roots are are they go down there pretty quick, man, within about um, 12 days to uh, 14 days. 
man, you got to give that a try. That'd be fucking awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so that's just to me, would we'll, we'll just take it kind of up a, another notch, trying to, just trying to, it's all a hobby, man. It's all fun. It's all trying to produce mm-hmm. the best smoke and have yeah. fun with it. And that's you know, right, man. Enjoy it, isn't it? Don't make it too stressful. Just, it's a hobby too. We're supposed to be enjoying this as we're doing it. Yeah, it's about trial and error, you know. Mm. We'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, I have it built in my mind, but then when it when you start building it in real life, you never know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, did you plant anything else alongside your cannabis in your raised beds, or is it just uh, cannabis? You know, you know, like uh, companion plants. Do you have yeah, any of those? Yeah. On my outdoor, I did um, I did hairy vetch, and I have uh, comfrey right next to my um, outdoor cannabis. Indoor. I have some wild grasses that just kind of volunteer on in with the IMO and the things that I make outdoors on my property. I've, you know, I've tried to keep a companions or, or grow them down there, um, Mackie. But the thing I noticed, because I really like to keep a tight canopy, I don't get a lot of, um, and I don't, and I'm not growing in any open floor plan stuff. Like all my grow, my beds are in a, you know, a little room of their own kind of thing. Um, so, you know, I don't get a lot of side lighting. So whatever I try to, that tries to kind of go down there doesn't really grow very well. Um, and when I do that, and then the other thing is with that, the way my soil is so hungry, you know, it's, it's consuming that O layer. So, you know, each round, I just mm-hmm. like to be able to have that control of putting that mulch in of, of my choosing each round. Um, so is that the only way you add nutrients to it? Because uh, what's the score there? How long does it take for nutrients to start being used up in the soil so you notice a deficiency? And how do you amend any deficiency you have in the soil? Yeah, so um, I do use, like I use JLFs, which are an, uh, adding nutrients that way, the Jadam liquid fertilizers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just plant material, water, and microbes broken down to a funk, funky liquid. Um, those are available to the plant immediately. Um, I do use things like FAA. I do use some natural farming inputs um, at times. But right now, usually when it's not in veg, in veg, I'll do some JLFs, which because, of, you know, they add that nitrogen. But um, for the most part, when I build my soils, I build them, you know, for you know longevity with lots of rock dust and things like that in them. And um, so really nitrogen is where I just end up like pretty much everybody nitrogen doesn't, um, you know, it moves in the soil pretty fast. And so nitrogen will be where I have to just freshen that up each run. Right. um, Add that thick nitrogen layer in there. And that seems to do enough, you know, as far as I never have a soil tested because this all all started, you know, before there was no soil test. I was like, keeping shit quiet. Like be quiet. Like nobody even knows you're growing type stuff. So, Hmm. um, I wanted to, I basically grew into a way that worked for me, you know, and it, and it didn't lead to deficiencies, you know? And, And the reason why is because that principle of like nature, you know, in the fall shit drops i gotta keep that mm. drop and drop i gotta keep adding that mulch layer because that is where all that nutrient cycling takes place in my soil if i skipped a cycle with that i can get through it. if i skip two then i would start seeing some deficiencies i think because i think mm. i would be getting real short on nitrogen right uh, because i do things like even gypsum you know add rock dust back into those o layers when i feel like they need a clays i add a lot of clays into my um o layer 
um, sand, if my soil is starting to get a little bit too much on the worm casting side, I'll add sand in there. So all those things are adding in and over time, you know, I don't add sand every time, but I, if I added sand last time, that sand is still in there, you know, and then I'm adding more and then it's just kind of worms are turning this stuff and, and it all kind of gets, stays in good balance. Hmm. So, so far, you've got a tray to catch all the water and you've built uh, a foot and a half high box uh, that goes across your grow room, even like 10, 20 centimeters either side of it. So, for example, you know, in one meter tent or a, a 1.2 meter tent or four foot tent, uh, three foot by three foot is fine with a foot and a half high. You're going to fill that with the soil. So you're talking big stones first, smaller stones, sand, then your actual soil, right? That's what's mm -hmm. going on so far. So yeah. and so, you have a three by three, right? That's mm -hmm. the size of your bed. How many plants do you put in that? So in my three by three, I've done uh, nine in there. Right. Uh, yeah, I've done the, nine. The, the the plants got smaller then because in the I would. Well, remember I got a three by three, so that's nine plants, but canopy size I'm not four, mm. so that's um that four and a half by six foot. Right. So right. I still grow pretty big plants. Okay, so um, yeah, so you, you're like planting them near the edge. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, so kind of just not kind of even if you even with that bed per uh Mackie, you can kind of plant them even towards more centralized. Mm. If you say like if you want an even more forgiving bed, you want to centralize towards the middle. And then when you train them, as they start growing, yeah. then you go train out to your canopy. Nice. What would you say was one of the most difficult things about raised beds? What, what pisses you off using these? Uh, the biggest thing with them, man, is the setup, bro. Like just that day or two days when you're just going to be humping those, those stone and those sand. and the, You know, because each bag you're talking about. So if you're talking about a four by four, that's about six bags of the um, lava rock or pumice and the beach mm -hmm. bag is like 40 pounds you know what i mean and you're talking about four to six bags of, probably four bags of sand maybe Ugh. five That's i'm sure everybody pounds. hates carrying sand right thank Fuck. you so now <laughs> so now you've done carry two thousand pounds a thousand pounds worth of shit on, mm -hmm. on that day, you know and depending on how big you go the other thing i like too man is um I like that all the plants are in one soil. You know, if I see a mm. plant that's struggling, now I'm no, I'm not necessarily guessing, second guessing myself. You know, because I say, well, fuck, everything else looks healthy. Now, what's your problem? You know, you're yeah, all in the same yeah. soil. You know, that kind of helps you from chasing your tail a little bit. Mm -hmm. And um, and and it shit just grows really fast, man. And and in these beds, you you wouldn't, I mean. That you gave the plant everything that it needs, you know, it's all right there. Yeah. And what about PK? You say when the plant goes into flower, do you uh, sub, do you add some PK or anything like that, or you just let the you just giving it the same thing constantly? You don't add anything extra at any time. Yeah, I mean, I, it just depends on how how I'm feeling or what time I have, or you know, a lot of times I'll sometimes I'll take a little time and give some FPEs. I like giving those fermented plant extracts, um, especially ones made with like melons and fruits. Um, I do those right when we're starting to switch on over to flour. I nice. water with those a couple times. You know, those do a few things. The FPE have all those microbes in them uh, from the fermentation. 
Uh, if they don't live in the soil, they become food in the soil. So one or the other, you know, that's beneficial. Then you have whatever you made that FP out of um, the melon or the berry or the whatever type of fruit you use, you know, that, that's mm -hmm. all nutrient for the plant. And for the most part, when you, when you take your time and get a good soil blend and build it right from the beginning, these things are just kind of maintenance. You know, these things yeah. are just kind of adding a little hit, you know, those dose. And I don't know, sometimes it could be placebo, you know, it is what mm -hmm. it is. You know, you feel like you're adding fruit when we're fruiting. So it makes sense. Mm -hmm. you know? It seems like a great way to grow, man. You've definitely got this shit nailed. How long have you been growing in a, a raised bed now? On the, so the big raised beds, I switched over to those. Um, no, well, I have my 100-gallon round. That, my oldest one, I'm going to count that even though it wasn't horizontal. It was a, I started it with a six, it's a 65 gallon round. And I started on that around, um, 2012. Um, wow. That's how old that is. So, and that's, still, that's that, been running since then. Yeah. It ran since then. I took a yeah. spell where I went to, um, Las Vegas to, um, I was, had an opportunity to help set up a bill and a brand new uh, medical setup. So I worked out there for a year. So this bed, before I left, I watered it, and then I wrapped it in plastic, and then I literally dismantled my full grow, took all the equipment, and just packed it in that little in my in the room, right? Go away for a year, come back, and I say, um, well, let's crank back up, right? <laughs> so I pack <laughs> everything. Go get to my soil, and it's literally like a, a big white one whole mushroom. Like, whoa, fuck! <laughs> and I got some pictures if you look. On, I think it's on my IG. Um, either ten, but yeah, just so mycelium. It just colonized the whole thing. Yeah, it just turned like it just Damn. turned to a huge just whole mycelium thing. So I I said good shit, you know, started growing again. And then when I learned about horizontal. A couple uh, last year or the year before, I actually took, I said, man, fuck, I want this bed to be horizontal. It's already so good. You know, how do I do that? So what I ended up doing was this bed's on a lazy, I call it a lazy Susan. It's a round turntable so I can just spin it. Mm -hmm. um, so I said, well, fuck, I want to just increase it to a hundred gallons. So I got a hundred gallon and then I took this pot and put it in, and built the horizon. So a hundred gallon, I did the gravel the sand and then when i at that sand labor layer i took the other bag entire bed uh you know fabric and all and set it in there boom and then from there i went ahead and added my a the rest more a horizon on around it around it and filling it on up in the 100 gallon and then so you can't even see it so it's just buried in there and then now my o is just on top but the reason i did that is because I could have broke the soil up and put it in there, but the bag had so much crud on it. Like the, that crud <laughs> is like an inch of crud. I was like, I want this to be in the new soil and just let the soil be able to just like chow down on all that too. So mm -hmm. probably a long story, but yeah, man, that, nice, that, man, that's been since 2012 and then it's been horizontal for just now two years. And um, so many, many cycles on that soil, man. Like yeah. many, like, like lots bro like you know it wasn't always hard and heavy every year but when i was if i wasn't traveling i was 
growing at least two to three cycles a year uh, if it was only in the winter when it was nice and cool, you know, back then. Sweet, man. There's so much good info there. I hope anybody who well, anybody who wants to get a raised bed up and running has all the info they need there. But, of course, if they don't, you can always go and find Marco as well, and he's going to be happy to answer questions. Just telling everybody to contact you there, Marco. I hope you don't mind. You know? Hey, hey, man. No <laughs> you know, Marco don't, don't mind answering questions. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I know how to say no. <laughs> yeah, man. No, but I usually try to help out, man. But the keys, don't overthink it. Find mm-hmm. a good soil mix. And then all you're doing is building that sand layer on the bottom. And then you're going to put your soil mix in there. And then from there, you're just going to tend to that mulch layer, which I always say you don't want to be growing. If right now in your grow, when you touch it, if you're touching just the soil that your plants are in, then you should have mulch there. You should at least have straw right there because if nothing else, you could get nutrient cycling at the very surface of that soil where you're touching. If you just cover that with some kind of straw, mm-hmm. you know, simply just do that and that'll help. Because if not, you're 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 not gonna get nutrient cycling until like an inch down, you know, or half an inch down. You're gonna be losing some soil there. Uh-huh. Um, I yeah, think it's key. Yeah, some great info. And if anybody does start up a raised bed, of course, come and show us over at postiesgrowroom.com so we can see the progress. One day, this is something I am gonna do. I am gonna do some raised bed, but just wait for legality, man. So they can't kick down the door and be like. Give me that soil, motherfucker. <laughs> I know you ain't no moving that bitch quick. You know, a highly complex cannabis factory. Exactly. That's how they roll. But yeah, man, let's let's do some listener mail questions then, because we've got lots of questions here to head to. Let's do that. Uh, we'll answer these ones which were sent in quickly and then we'll cover the ones that have gone through the news uh, through the chat over there uh, from the dreaded one and uh, this is this is uh, an unusual question because uh, well let me read it and then we'll know what I'm talking about what's the best way to use spent slash trike contaminated mushroom cakes as a tea or inoculant in cocoa sort of trying a bit of synthganic out and have some mushroom cakes so wondering what could do with the two it doesn't say what kind of mushrooms but i'm going to assume button mushrooms but um i wouldn't i don't know about mixing it with cocoa soil that that's a different story because you know it's got other microbes and things in there and it'll try and find balance but mixing the trike with cocoa i think it can just because there's nothing else battling against it, it could just dominate the whole lot of the cocoa and take nutrients from the plant because that's what trichoderma does. Now, yeah. that's why you can't grow mushrooms when you get trich contamination because the trich will absorb nutrients from the medium and then the mushrooms ain't getting it anymore. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't fuck with that, man. Don't be mixing it with your cocoa. Not, not that. Mushroom cake, that's a different sort. Maybe a bit of fungi could work. But it's just the trike that I'm mainly concerned about. I wouldn't do that. Put that with soil instead. Um, yeah. Uh, when uh, Chris Trump was on, he I had mentioned the uh, the trichoderma that came in my jam in my IMO collection. Mm. And he, while he said that oh, most people prefer only some of it, some growers actually like actually using the trichoderma in yep. cannabis grows. I love so it. it. It depends. 
Depends yeah. on. Is the it in, in the cocoa though? Not in the cocoa though. Not in the cocoa. Mm. No. Well, when I'm thinking in the cocoa, if you use it in the cocoa, I would probably take that cake and maybe use it as an ingredient to Bruce and JMS and use JMS mm. in the cocoa. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Liquefy it in a way, if you will. You know. Yeah, but damn, if you're gonna do all that to get cocoa more microbial active, you might as well make it <laughs> yeah. a soil. Man. Hey, that's Dave, what I do, Mark. That point. That's what I do. <laughs> I, I feed microbes to my cocoa all the time. It's just like mm. yeah, I know people say it's a, it's a losing battle, but I love I love the results. Well, yeah. if you stay, if you got enough, yeah, if you can stay on top of it, then that's yeah, you're fine. Yeah, it's every but, every week or two you got to throw something else at it because the culture is not going to flourish in there, but you can do it. Yeah, yeah, and then when it happens to me, because I've had a few contaminated mushrooms when I've been growing button mushrooms as well, and uh, I just put it in my worm bin. <laughs> yeah, and they fucking love that shit, man. Yeah, hmm. they, it doesn't take long for that to disappear. But mixing it with cocoa, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. That, that's my personal opinion. What would you, what would you say, monkey? Are you saying yay or nay? I'm mixing the contaminated mushroom cake with cocoa. I would probably take a risk and see what happened. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah might well, isn't it? If you, if yeah, you, yeah, it. you fucking not, take a you risk. Know? Yeah, if you can well, afford see, to fuck up, then, then give so, that a shot. So, monkey, you probably used to seeing a little like growths and stuff in your cocoa. Then, oh yeah, yeah, yeah all the okay. time. So you've embraced that already. But some people will freak out if they see something <laughs> in their cocoa. You know, no mm -hmm. man, I just like I love I love my any kind of diversity I can find in there. So even in cocoa. Yeah, if I see uh, a little mycelium growing or something like that in there, that's just that's part of the deal. <laughs> yeah. See, so that that's actually I like that approach. That's actually a, a, if I did cocoa, I would you know go that way as well because I'd end up probably going so much microbial that I'd end up going living soil. But yeah, yeah step yeah. by step, you know what I mean. I understand. I'm just my tents are so small. Living soil is a little questionable to say the least. Uh, oh, you're growing yeah. fire, so I've already well, seen what you're growing. So yeah, well, I mean, it looks good and it smokes pretty good, so I'm happy right now. So exactly. I'm just, but I'm enjoying uh, breaking the rules. I don't like I don't like people giving me rules. I like to go ahead and see what I can do with you know. So you can't use microbes in cocoa. Let me see. Maybe I can. You've right. grown mushrooms before, right, Marge? Yeah, I have. I it, have. Would you uh, mix your mushroom cake? if it was contaminated or not, into your soil or your cocoa? What do you think? Uh, if I was mm, contaminated, it always makes me feel a little nervous, but I have put, like, spent mushroom cakes in my back garden just mm -hmm. for something to, like, because I had to dispose of it somehow. And yeah, the yeah. flowers that are growing back there didn't seem to be affected, and I actually had mushrooms grow in my back garden, too. <laughs> nice. So, Very nice. Fucking bonus. <laughs> yeah. Bonus. Yeah. Yeah. I remember mentioning it on this show one time because the first time it happened, I picked some of them, and someone in the in the chat or something was just like, "Make sure you like rinse them under cold water to make sure." Oh, yeah. And I did, and like all these tiny little worms came out of them. Ah! <laughs> Roast me out, so I didn't eat any of them. It happens with wild mushrooms; you always yeah. have to clean them. Exactly. It kind of yeah, it was kind of gross. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, make sure you uh, clean the mushrooms if you pick them from outside, everybody. Yeah. Boys. Yeah. You're going to have worms. <laughs> yeah. Oh, worms are a little protein. That's all. Don't worry about it. You know? Yeah, but I'm all looking for protein in that instance. <laughs> <laughs> but see, yeah. that's where um, the trichoderma, in a, like in my living soil, though, I wouldn't, I'd throw that right in there. I'd sprinkle some mm -hmm. there. Yeah, right yeah. There. That's right, it. Man. Yeah, that would love it because trichoderma is good in soil, isn't it? It loves that yeah. shit. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Let's go on to the next one. We have one from CD Seeds. He says, I have one. Oh, that means I have one question. Uh, what would be the best all-rounder if that exists for preventatives in hydroponic DWC systems, i.e. silver bullet, hydro guard, etc.? Or is doing this kind of thing even necessary? That's from CDC. So uh, I assume by preventatives, you mean something that's going to keep the DWC system clean and prevent yeah. algae and shit from... from Stable you, kind of thing, yeah. You've done DWC, March. Yeah, You got any suggestions while, for that? I mean, you obviously keep the water circulating and change it out mm-hmm. every so like pretty regularly. Yeah. Yeah, I remember DWC. <laughs> You've done DWC yeah. as well, have you, Marco? Yeah, and the key, like Mars said, clean it, clean your shit, keep your yeah. water fresh. Like, don't get lazy, even though you think you can. You know, I used to use H two O two, and that, that would yeah. uh, keep yeah, things that, clean. That sterile system you run in there, you're not even mm-hmm. using a hydro guard or, or you know beneficials in that situation. Yeah. That's probably going to be your easiest, yeah, uh, system to sure. keep maintained. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's best, but it's probably the easiest. You know, silver bullet, hydro guard, etc. I, I haven't used any of those. Anybody used any of those kind of uh, no. nutrients? Woody no. uses that stuff all the time. He, you know, oh. he's all about the uh, hydro guard, from what I remember. Yeah, it's hmm. uh, like Marco said, keep your shit clean, and that's half the battle right there. Mm-hmm. Definitely mm-hmm. is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think every DWC grower will check tell you that. Yeah, man, keep cleanliness. It clean. Yes, and man, it's love to see just that. Big, massive, white fucking root ball that you get with <laughs> DWC. It's crazy, that shit is, man. Right. You never see roots like it. Madness. But yeah, just keep it clean, man. H2O2 is a good one. That That is what I used to use when I did uh, DWC. I didn't have anything else. Just H2O2, which yeah. is uh, Some, reasonably cheap. The second part of the question, is anything like that necessary? Yes, something is necessary. Mm-hmm. Well, then it depends. Because it, if you're changing the water every day, then you'd probably be all right without it, you know. But if you're going to let it sit for three days or something, the longer it sits, the more likely it is something's going to happen. But if you've got your air stone in there and the air stone doesn't get tangled up in roots, then it should be okay. You know, the, the bad shit starts to grow when the oxygen gets cut off, you know. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, uh, standing yeah, that, water. Yeah. The, the bad bacteria likes to thrive on lack of oxygen or something, and the good bacteria thrives on oxygen. So as long as the air pumps go in and it hasn't been blocked off, because that happens as well. Roots grow massive and it can get tangled up with the air stone. Then it doesn't get the uh, bubbles out like it's supposed to. So that can happen. But I would say just keep the H2O2 around, and then if you see any brownness or something dodgy, the roots look off color, then use it and that will clean the roots nicely. Anything else is too much, maybe. I don't know. It's been a long time since you did DWC. Do cocoa instead. It's cool. (laughs) Uh, One more from Firetop, then, and then we'll hit a few that we got there in the chat. Uh, What's everyone's opinions on vertical grows? I've been seeing a lot of people using their walls as their grow space instead of a floor area. Uh, It's real interesting to me as I could give height and save on space for staff growers. What's your opinions? Hmm. Uh, no. And you, wh- where have you seen these? It's he said. Uh, I've seen it's more in like a commercial context, less so in the in in like a residential or personal. Yeah. Home. Well, Hashimoto Hashimoto did some on the fence in okay. his, in his yard, so I guess that would 
sort of qualify as vertical systems. Hmm. Uh, they they hmm. were relatively small plants and, and relatively, you know, maybe one gallon planters or something like that. But that was one way of doing it. I've never attempted cannabis in a vertical system. I've done like strawberries and that kind of stuff, but never yeah. cannabis. And then growing it as well, you'd have to like slant the grow lights and they're not designed to work like that. I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. Kind of thinking, yeah, you'll need like lights. If you're going to do it vertical, you need like shining on the front of them and on the top of them, kind of like yeah. two angles or something to that effect. Mm. And you're going to have to make sure you get your right cooling of, of, of light. How is designed for cooling at an angle? I don't know. There's a lot, a lot to talk about in there. And I don't, I don't know mm. if anybody's done that. Uh, work I wouldn't on recommend that it. No. J just do it normal. <laughs> you know, <laughs> simple as that, man. It, it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So you oh, know how it normal. is. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody out there, one of our listeners is doing it. They're going to put it in our comments for us. And it, yeah, man. I would like to see. I mean, when it, if you've got all the pots level on the floor and then grow in vertically, that, that used to be something that people would do like, like as a scrug method around a HPS because of the inverse square law and how powerful the light was, the further away you got from it and all that shit. Mm -hmm. So people would grow like, instead of a flat scrug, uh, you know, like level, they'll have it in yeah. a, a V shape or sometimes a round a ball dish, kind of yeah. shape. Yeah. 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 Inverted, train into. Dish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I still do the stadium, a little bit of a stadium. Okay, style. cool. Just for my own access. I mean, excuse me keep them low in the front where i and then kind of taller in the back nice just helps me reach in there on one of my grows hey whatever works man i love that's it that's it man that's whatever right. works so yeah that's all the questions i hope that answers your question there fire type just do, do it normal man get yourself a scrub running if you want to try one of those that would be cool you know you'd enjoy that uh so chilbert was thinking of a question we have a question when harvesting, this is for you, Mark. I think all of these are going to be addressed at you, mate. So uh, we're going to throw a few at you right now. Uh, question. When harvesting, do you find plants go through senescence, stop uptaking nitrogen, etc.? Perhaps there is a lot of nutrients available in the bed. Yeah, so when, when the plants come to the end of the life cycle in your grow room, do they suffer with senescence or do they just look healthy until harvest? Yes, that's a, that's a great question because... Um they will still fade like even though that the bed has you know it seems like it has enough nitrogen everything else to you know where they wouldn't have to fade i think it's just a plant specific thing where certain plants will still fade some plants will stay green to the end i think is that what he's asking right yeah yeah pretty much yeah you Except wouldn't you would think that our they would never like because i used to hear back in the day like people would say well a cannabis flower should never change color green as it finishes. It should stay the same green the whole way. Like I've heard mm -hmm. that before, but it did like certain plants are going to fade no matter what, you know, like that's just what they do. I think they come to their life in their life cycle when they start taking up the end, they really focus on taking up what they need to flower. Yeah. That all makes very much sense because I mean, in cocoa, I'm keeping the, the uh, nutrient level, where the plant wants it all the time anyway. And they still, you know, again, like you said, some plants will stay green till the end, but mm -hmm. at least half, if not more, are going to give you yellows and purples and, and reds and everything else. Yeah. So uh, when, when you're going into the flowering period for pot grows, you know, when you're using salt-based nutrients, uh, when you're going into flower, you're going to get a different kind of food that's massively lower in nitrogen because too much nitrogen during the flowering stage 
can give you airy buds, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you prevent your flowering plants from getting too much nitrogen when it's all locked up in the soil like that? Do they just not absorb it? What's the score there? Yeah, they're just, the plants are just absorbing what what they want at the time. Right, rather than it being forced into them like soak or, yeah. Yeah, like if I was to feed FAA, fish amino acid, and flour, they'll do just exactly what you said. Like they'll start right. getting airy and they'll grow too much plant material during flower. So you can't right. do that. Uh -huh. um, right. But just yeah. the soil itself, the plant is like, the plant's pretty awesome. At like, because, you know, if you think about it, you feed these uh, um, these schedules, these hydroponic schedules, all these nutrient schedules. But with living soil, literally, you can go water only. The plant's just going to take up what it needs when it wants. And at the end of flower, it's just not it's not going to take up the nitrogen and stay like dark green. It's going to just mm. stop taking that up. And then, you know, it's just it just does what it wants naturally. I think. Yeah. With hydro, we think you have to do that, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. In hydro, you do, of course, but mm -hmm. you know, nature doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. Uh, what do, we haven't remember when we mentioned this guy Billy earlier in the chat, where he asks these questions. You know, uh, this is what this is one from Billy. This is an example. Yeah, he asks, "How many beds has Marco soiled?" All right, I like you, that. You know what I'm saying about this guy? Yeah. That's a great question. <laughs> well, we'll, come, have... we'll come back to that one if you like. You don't have to answer, you know. <laughs> I've sold I've sold right now I've got 5 which I'm which have been thoroughly soiled. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thanks Billy for your, for your always wise questions. Exactly. Uh, but Fumi Bones asks here, do you prefer raised beds on legs or on the ground? That's a great question, man. Cause I, I like in my, I built beds before and I was like, yeah, this one's for like someone, if they're handicapped, they can roll a wheelchair to it, you know? And, mm. and that's cool. But if all things being equal, you want it on the ground, you want, you want it in contact with the earth. Um, right. It's going to help with you with watering. It's just going to help you retain moisture. And I want the roots to be able to go right on down into the ground. So I go box. If you think four-sided box, setting on the ground. Nice. Fill it up with soil and then start growing, you know, just as a simple example. Mm -hmm. That's but the best yeah, way. I definitely, yeah. yeah de and I built them, like I said, in the, raised up. And what happens is no wood is going to survive forever and, and mm. two, three, four, whatever many years. Now you're going to have a big pile of shit um, <laughs> that's falling over. Uh, whereas if you just start on the ground, you're just going to, you know, you're locked in forever pretty much. Mm -hmm. But when you're indoors, I assume you, you have them raised up a little bit so you can fit the trays underneath. Yeah, so I'll have it like um on a, on a tray or however I'm doing it. But the key right, is yeah. getting level. If you're in a basement or wherever you're at, if you're on, you know in the, in the house, you're good. But if you're say a basement is sloping, just get level first and then start worrying about filling everything up because you want to be level. Cool. It's going to be key for your proper watering. Nice. Right then, uh, how about material, wood or metal? What type of wood? film rebuttals asks so That's what would awesome. what would you be the, uh, the the best material for the raised bed would you think um you know believe it or not guys i'm thinking i'm i just thought about this the other day because 
no matter what wood you use, eventually the shit's going to decompose, going to break down. Mm-hmm. I actually like those, uh, I call them ugly, but just the metal corrugated beds that you see everywhere. <laughs> they're like, they're just like kind of mm-hmm. like almost look like an Armco barrier that you see on the highway, like that corrugated metal. And them, because the feeding troughs? Almost mm-hmm. like that, but they're purpose built. They're just three sided. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, almost like a feeding trough, but um, like birdies makes them. There's different ones. Okay. Um, yeah, you'll see them. They're metal, though. And what that does is now you can go ahead and weed eat around it or trim. You know, it's durable, you know, is the point I'm making with that. So I like those metal ones. They're cool. Right on the ground, um, open to the ground. Uh, Right. So we have our farm, Red Eye Gunner, who asked, does Marco makes cocoa into his soil, or has he ever tried it? It's one of the biggest improvements to my soil growth for yield. Have you used cocoa? Do you, because there's a problem with peat nowadays. People don't like it when people use peat because it's not sustainable. So have you moved over to cocoa? Is that something you will do? What's the score there? No, well, I've been, I've, I've done grows before with cocoa, but I mix, I do peat. I'm at peat right now. Cool. Um, on my last grow, but then I'm actually off the peat and I've gone leaf mold and IMO. So cool. Like you can kind of change it up. I I mean I don't mind cocoa, but when I did that stint with in the commercial deal, we got like fucking five thousand pounds of cocoa and all bag you know bags. Damn. We set up, we run it, and then we realized the fucking cocoa wasn't washed. So oh, huge oh, no. solid. Yeah, and it was supposed to be washed. So we were Wasn't washed or buffered. Oh uh, man. Yeah, it was horrible. Mission. Man. How did you fix that? But man, we we sat in there, bro. We ran so many gallons of water. I feel like we drained half of Lake Mead. Like we kept running until leachate, running off, running off till leachate mm. finally ran off. To you know, salt finally ran out clean. Damn. But yeah, it was ridiculous. That was another thing, mm-hmm. man. That fucking commercial, man. That's a wasteful motherfucker. Yeah, I bet. Chilba has a good question here. Uh, can Marco please explain about how you manage one cycle to the next? Do you veg in pots, then transplants, etc.? So what's the score there? Do you, you just uh, cut a whole crop down and then plant some seedlings into it? Or do you have plants at different stages growing in the soil? Yeah, that's a good question. I I wish that I could have them in the soil, obviously. And when I ran my outdoor, I planted direct seed out there for that reason. That's fun. But in my indoor, I'm running perpetual. So I run a I run flower rooms individually set up. Um, not you know I could run open space, but I like the individual because I like to run perpetual. And so I run the flower rooms, and then I run a nursery. And so right. my nursery, now I'm not doing, I'm only doing my own seeds and my own clones now. I'm not like buying nobody's shit. Nice. As as, yeah. So I'm just all seed my clones. So what I do is I, I run um, clone from clone um, and I, and I veg. My deal is when I plant them. So I chop, I harvest, I, um, I put in my um, new O horizon, I freshen that up and now I plant seedlings that i had in veg and four four inch pots and then i try to in 10 days flip the flower 
So I like to do a 10-day bed and then a 70-day window that I allow that room to have. Mm-hmm. And then that lets me get right at four, you know, harvest if everything's going right per year per bed. Nice. That's pretty fucking sweet, man. Yeah, um, I used to try to do moms and shit, but man, talking to enough people and doing it long enough, I don't think clone from clone in in my lifetime, I don't think that I'll have an issue with that. And mm. plus, I I just can't seem to keep shit long. Like I keep things a few years, maybe, <laughs> and then I... the variety is the spice of life as well. You know, you want to try all these different ones. Yeah, Ooh. you know, I like to keep a nice stable, which I feel like I could pull out to you know hey or you got a competition well i got something i can pull out you know that kind of thing um and keep and then just always looking for something more another interesting question from chilbert here uh fungal or bacterial dominance for cannabis you know the soil about the cannabis is growing do you do anything for a fungi in your soils yeah that's well that's always been the big thing i remember even back long time ago on the forums or fungal or back to fungal dominant fungal dominant well you know so i do like that fungal dominance that's why i go collect imo which is where we collect indigenous microorganisms from old growth forests in the soil Sweet. but then again bacteria is also important because i use a lot of jlfs to dom liquid fertilizer and those are loaded with bacteria Mm. Um, to me, the key is, is getting a good balance, having both in the soil. Obviously you want your soil a little bit more on the fungal dominant side, um, for me, because that's where you're getting more of your nutrient cycling, you know, fungi breaks down things way better. Oh, I won't say better, but fungi breaks things down. Like, for instance, wood. Bacteria can't break wood down as well as fungi. And there's a lot of wood in our soil, a lot of woody lignin-type material in our soil. Mm. So, yeah, a little bit of both, but, um, you know, focus on that fungi. You know, when I see mushrooms in my soil, I like that. Yeah. It's apparently a good sign, especially yeah, if yeah. they're a certain type of mushroom. Yeah, and usually they're yeah. edible. They're usually a, a good, you know, good type. You know? <laughs> Imagine if they weren't. Somebody tried it. Yeah, be careful, everybody. <laughs> Check what kind of mushroom it is first, man. No? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be hearing you in the newspapers because they they were using that as one of the excuses. We can't let people grow their own because mushrooms might grow and they might eat them and they will die. You know, don't be, don't be that guy. Uh, don't no. be that guy. And, and then down, what was it in Australia two weeks ago? The they. The- two weeks, two weeks. <laughs> oh, fuck. we got him we got him. damn it all right 14 goddamn days ago i like that well didn't the lady kill her like a like a bunch of people in a dinner party died from mm. like she's using wild yeah man something like that yeah yeah killed the whole family or something it's madness man yeah, yeah. Wow. did she die as well no no, oh, dodgy. Investigation. Right. <laughs> oh, God damn. Yeah, I just wasn't feeling hungry that day. <laughs> right. You know, I really much care for mushrooms myself. <laughs> Shenanigans. Yeah. Dodgy. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that case. It's a big case, man. It's been all over the world. So it shows you yeah. how often it, ha- it, it happens. You know, not very. <laughs> no. Fungi is far safer than what most people think, but it's better to air caution. 
you know, it's, it's, I used to be like terrified to even touch mushrooms in case it was a deadly exactly. one. Exactly. You know, yeah. but it's really not the case. They won't infect you unless you eat them. You know, yeah. so you can touch yeah. the deadly mushrooms. But you know, parents, as when we're kids, parents have to scare you to death with that. But I remember mm -hmm. that. Oh my God, I touched a mushroom. I'm going to die. Like, but know. you know, the thing is, why is the same thing not applied to berries? Because there's loads of berries <laughs> everywhere. But if you eat, you're going to get True. fucked, man. Yeah, you'll get really sick. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's garden plants out there that'll kill you too if you eat them. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah, all right. big ag, man. They want to. They don't. They want to sell you fertilizer. You know. <laughs> there it is. Mm -hmm. See, and mushrooms don't need fertilizer, so big exactly. ag don't like them. Mushrooms are cool. I like mushrooms. Yeah. Uh, and just one more then from Bob Carter asks: Are purple stems due to a lack of phosphorus? Oh, straws. Depends. Uh, no, not every time. Sometimes it's exactly. fast growth. Is sometimes it's not mm. always a deficiency. I don't think. Yeah, and just genetics sometimes as well. Yeah. Sometimes it's the LED lights, it's sunburn. Mm, on the that's stem, right. So yeah. You get a reaction from high and high light intensity on some strains. I've had that before from when I used to use a purple light, man. It like it actually stained the leaf, and you could see like where the shadow was from uh -huh. bits of leaf that wasn't getting hit by light. There, there was a clear line. Of where it had been affected, it was fucking oh, weird. Oh yeah. Oh, he yeah. said the lights. I'm sorry. I thought he meant straw tube uh, stems. Oh yeah. You're oh no, right. just like the uh, stems on the leaves and thing and stems on the, the plants. Petals, you know? yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you'll notice that some people say, "Man, your purple stems are 100% deficiency." But if you look, like y'all guys just said, I'll have one side of my stem that's getting hit by the LED. It's purplish, but on the mm -hmm. back side, it doesn't get touched. It's mm -hmm. green. That's right. You know, so. look, look on the underside of your stems, people. You'd be that's surprised. Right. Yeah. yeah, you would. You would. And Jeff said here, uh, she's been locked up. She killed three, poisoned five. Hmm. Oh, Lord. Jesus. That's got to be a horrible way to go as well. You know, good. We joke and we laugh, but you know, people have died, man. Condolences to those oh, people. Damn. Family dinner, too. Like, goddamn. Uh, damn. Imagine being like the husband, like, I ain't going around. No. She can't cook for shit, man. I can't believe you're dragging me around there. Yeah. <laughs> damn. Tragic. I told you. You, you know how family meetings go. You know how it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, she has a go. Oh, my God. She has a go fungi page. No, it's got, that's a bad fucking typo. That is Jeff. She has a go fund me page, right? Shit. Shit. No, I don't think it was a typo. I think it was a funny. That's terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Shame on you, Jeff. Do not make dark jokes. You know? Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that's all the questions there. We covered the whole raised bed things. Uh, I think, should we go to the outro? Can't believe anything to add? I think we're good. Let's let's do it. And there we go, everybody. That's this week's Grow Guides. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And a big shout out again to Marco for coming to join us for this week's episode. He was on the Cannabis News this week and we had him on the Grow Guides as well. And there was loads of good information here about raised beds and how to grow in living soil in this particular method. And if you do give it a try or you're already growing like this, then head over to percysgrowroom.com, join the forum and show us your grow, man. It would be good to see it. But again, thank you to Marco and thank you to you guys for being here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to know more about Marco, you can head over to his Instagram page, which is Instagram 
patreon.com slash Marco underscore is underscore growing and you will find him there. You can also head over to microbesbymarco.com and that's his shop where he sells some of the organic foods that he makes. But anyway, thank you again, everybody. It's been a pleasure. I hope to catch you on the live stream on Sunday, but if not, there will be the cannabis news and events ready for you on Monday. So enjoy your weekend, stay high, stay safe, and we'll catch you on the next one. Goodbye.